Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast. Let me remind you to check out the RGM website for news, updates, and free downloads. Now, let's go to Reverend Randall Greer. I ran down and on the floor, and I ran over there where a goat was. And uh, we tried to pull that phone loose, but we couldn't. There was a metal wire going up to it, you know, from the thing you talk on. We looked like Laurel and Hardy. If you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. Laurel and Hardy, you know, doing this robbery. We left it dangling operational, you know. And we ran out the door, got in this getaway car, tore off down the road. I'm driving, and Goats is throwing up these $100 bills. In that day, they had $500 bills. In that day, they had $1,000 bills. I don't know if you remember those days or not, but they had those kind of money. And he was throwing it up, and he said, we got it made. Oh, we got it made. The devil always makes you think you got it made. We're driving, and this is a standard shift car. We don't care. It's not a real fast car because we don't need a fast car. We're going to get away. We're not going to get caught. You're not going to get caught. If you was going to get caught, you wouldn't do it. So I turned off the main state highway onto this county road. And we got to go down this road about uh, four or five miles to where the motorcycle's at. So when I turned off the state highway, I started flying down this county road because I knew that they, that phone was operational. I knew that they was going to be able to call somebody. So I'm flying down this road. As I'm going down that road, suddenly I come up on a curve, and it was a left-handed curve, and it was real sharp and to the left turn. And I realized the speed that we're going, we're not going to make that curve. This car is going to flip and roll from end to end, and we're going to scatter parts everywhere out here in this country. And Goat uh, was over there looking. He's already scared to death. Uh, and I wonder, what in the world am I going to do? He said, what you going to do? I said, just hang on. And so I pushed the clutch in because the standard shift, slammed the thing in second, popped out on the clutch, hit the brakes, uh, and wondered the transmission and the rear end didn't come out of it, but it didn't. And we slid broadside into this left-handed curve. And when we did, we lost traction and went up against this bank about 10 foot high, this dirt bank, and we hit it. Bow! And we was going so fast, it just bounced us back. And, and we caught the road, and the road caught us, and bow! We went back over there. And then it threw us back off that bank, back on the highway. And I stomped the gas pedal to the floor. And guess what happened? Absolutely nothing. The car wouldn't work. The gas pedal quit working. The gas pedal, the thing that went from the gas pedal in the car to the carburetors in the days of carburetors, for those of you that don't know what they are. They have fuel injection now. But anyway, carburetors, the linkage had come loose and all this beating and knocking. Well, I'm O'Shea Tree Mechanic. So I, the car comes rolling to a stop because all that's doing is idling. You can't give it no gas. And I jump out, you know, and goats hollering, hurry, hurry, hurry. So I jump out, open the hood, and begin to look. And it sounded like coming behind me in the direction the car was headed that there was a low-flying helicopter. So I turned to look, and guess who it was? It was the Alabama State Patrol. And this lights were a-flashing, his siren was a-screaming, and he's headed, we know, to the scene of the crime by the phone that we left dangling operational. He's coming off the county road, and he's headed to the scene of the armed robbery. Well, he don't realize that's us until he gets right there on us because they had a description of the car. Because why? We didn't care. It's not our car. They can't trace it to us. We're going to ditch it, get rid of it. They're not going to catch us, remember? The devil's plans never work. When that state trooper got within just uh, 50 yards of where we was at, he realized uh, that that's the folks I'm looking for. 
but he's going so fast he can't stop. So he hits the brakes and smoke starts boiling out from under the car. And he's got this uh, microphone inside that he can talk on a speaker outside. And so when he's sliding by us with smoke boiling out from under the car, he's hollering, halt, you're under arrest as they go by. Well, as he's doing all this stuff, I get the breather off the carburetor. Now, you have to be from back yonder to know about this stuff. The breather off the carburetor, slang it in a ditch, snap the carburetor linkage back on, little butterfly clip. Men, you may remember those days. Little butterfly clip, I pop that thing back on, slam the hood, jumped in the car, and the police officer is still trying to get that thing stopped and headed back to where we're going. You know he's on the radio right now, you know, to call people. And so I jumped in the car, and I started burning rubber, you know, taking off first gear hit second gear and was coming out of second gear to third gear and guess what happened the carburetor linkage come off again but this time it stuck where to go 40 miles an hour no faster no slower by this time the state trooper got turned around he's running about 120 to 140 trying to catch us well you don't even have to be a mathematician excuse me teacher to figure this thing out you know what I mean? If you're going 40 and he's going 140, it's not going to take long for him to catch you and you're going to be in a mess in just a moment. So I goat said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, what do you want to do? He said, let's shoot it out with him. Let's shoot it out. He said, there's only one of him that was in that car. And he said, there's two of us. Uh, you know, the devil always gives you a picture glowing out in a blaze of glory. We was hellfire and brimstone. That's where we was headed. And I had a tad bit more sense than Goat did. Now, let me clarify something. When you say that you got a tad bit more sense than Goat did, that ain't bragging a bit. I want you to know that. <laughs> I want you to know. And Goat was saying, let's shoot up with him. I said, they go, there's going to be so many police here in just a minute. We can't do this. He said, what you going to do? And I could see a big ravine or a gully on a curve to our left. And we was almost in that curve. I said, when we go around this curve up here, the state trooper's going to go out of sight. And I said, when he goes out of sight and disappears, because he's still a good distance behind us, I said, I'm going to run this car off this big cliff down here to our left, this ravine, and it's a bunch of what they call kudju vines. Anybody know what them are? You've got to be from the country to know what them are. There's a lot of vines that just grow wild. I mean, thick, woolly, booger-looking things. You know what I mean? And they're out there. I said, I'm going to run this thing down in that patch. And I said, when we get down there, you get the money, get the guns. Uh, hang on to them. When we hit the bottom, if it don't kill us, uh, I said, jump out and let's run. And I said, it's every man for himself, but stay with me. He go, looked at me, and I think it's probably the first intelligent thought he may have had in his lifetime. I don't know. I, I just think it might have been. He said, that'll kill us. Going off the cliff, you know. Why did he think about all this before he got involved in the wrong robbery? Why do you want to get sane thinking now? But that's the way the devil does. And so here I am in this situation. And so we get far enough in this curve, and it, the, the officers, police officers' cars disappeared. I can't see. And so I run this car. because we're going about 40 miles off this cliff. Whew. I mean, it's flipping and flopping, and about 100 feet down, it finally come to a stop. Boom! hit this big bank with the front end, bursted the radiator, smoke's going everywhere. It looks like it's going to catch on fire. And we were all banged up, but, you know, we knew we had to get out of there just for the days you wore seatbelts, you know. And so I said, can you get your door open? He said, yes. I said, get out, let's go. And by the time we're getting out, all of a sudden, boom, 
boom, halt, you're under arrest. The state trooper had seen us go over the bank. He stopped and was firing shots into the air and telling us to stop. He wasn't necessarily shooting at us, but the buckshot was sprinkling down there where we were at. Uh, well, let me tell you something. When the buckshots get to flying, I can too. <laughs> and I come out of that car, and the buckshots were coming down through there, and we started running. And I run, and I had longer legs than goat. And so I had out running, and we was running through thick briars and woods. I mean, you couldn't imagine if you lived here all your life. But over there, I mean, that was thick. I mean, thick. I mean, vines and stickers and thorns and bushes. and I mean, where no man had ever been before almost, you know. And we're going. And finally, after a mile, I'm out of shape, you know, and I'm running hard and scared, drilling, pumping. I slid up on my belly under this giant Alabama pine tree. And I'm lying there in this pine straw, thinking, oh, God, I wish I'd have never done this. Oh, I wish I'd have never got involved in this. Oh, I wish I'd have never done this. Oh, if I could go back and do it again, I'd never do it again. And I thought, don't do me this. I'm lying there. Where's goat at? And I heard something a thrashing and a tearing through the swamp and the bushes. And it was like a rhinoceros or something coming. So I turned to look, and here come goat. This is back in the hippie days. Y'all remember them days? He had hair down to his waist, and it was out behind him. He'd done tore his shirt all the way off of him and gouged all his pants, and he was barefooted and done run out of his shoes. So he was a sight to behold as he was coming out of these bushes. So he seen me laying there in the pine straw, and he stopped laying there beside me. And while he's lying there, we hadn't said a word, but I know he's thinking the same thing. I, well, I wish I'd have never done this. Oh, I wish. I think I got a brilliant revelation as we was laying there. I want you to judge and see if I did or not. I need some help in this. I said, goat, where is the money at? He said, I thought you had it. I said, where's the guns at? He said, I thought you had them. Here we are, got in more trouble in 10 minutes than we're going to get it out of in a, out in a lifetime. That goat got killed later. He died. Goat died. He's dead. In fact, I'm the only surviving boy in my community. I'm the only one. I'm 59. Not one lived to be, the oldest one besides me would live to be 32 years old and when he died. All of them's dead. Sin will kill you. And every one of them died from some dramatic event. Every one of them. Because we wouldn't listen. Hard-headed, rebellious. So we're laying there in the pine straw. We realized, well, it ain't going to be long before they get the dogs after us and all this stuff, the bloodhounds, and they did. And these bloodhounds chased us to the woods. It was pitch dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I mean, that's how dark it was. And it start with, and then later on, you could get a little light from the moon because it was coming up, you know. But uh, we was going through these woods, and you could just run, and the dogs seemed like it was almost about to catch us. And then suddenly, the dogs turned and went in another direction. That tells the whole story in my book, and I got a C CD series over here called Escape from Hell. It tells the whole story about all this. But the dogs turned and went in the opposite direction, Later, we figured out that our, we had circled around in the woods so much, lost ourselves, but the dogs got confused about which way we went. And so the police that was surrounding us, because they had us surrounded with cars and guns and 
wheelie birds, that's the type of a helicopter way back yonder, you know. They call them wheelie birds back then. Little bubble helicopters, you know. That is surrounded. But when the dogs turned and went in another direction, they thought we went that way. And so we took off across this highway and made it through the woods, stayed in the woods all that night. And then the next day, we called somebody to come pick us up. And they was able to get away. And so we got away, we thought, with a crime. In fact, we was out in Dallas, Texas. A lot of things happened after that. That, was, that happened over in Alabama, you know. But we was running from these charges. And I was headed back down through Alabama with drugs up to no good again. And I got stopped for weaving across the line because I was drunk again. And they put me in jail. I lied about who I was. But they found out through fingerprints, put me in jail. And then later on, it took a while, but later on, I was sentenced to the uh, time in prison. And then while I was in prison, I escaped three times. And I'm not going into all of them right now because it would take too long. I want to get up to the point that I come to know Jesus Christ. But on these three escapes, somebody said, what happened? How in the world did you escape from prison three times? You've got to be able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. You've got to outrun speeding bullets. You almost got to stop a locomotive with one hand. But I escaped three times in 72 hours. Three days. Three times in 72 hours. I escaped one time, got back, escaped again. They got me back. The third time, I got away. So what is the moral of the story? Keep doing it till you get it right. <laughs> Not escaping, serving the Lord. But keep doing it. Don't give up. And it was in different prisons of course that they would take me to and I would find ways to get out one time I jumped out of a two-story uh, building uh, up on a, a, that had just a fire escape door and I had to jump 10 to 12 feet out over this electrified razor wire fence and I landed two stories below broke the bones in my right foot but I found out later they told me I run 14 miles with a broke foot and made it till I got away and so I'm out on my third escape from prison and I'm sitting there, and I'd been on escape, this last escape, for uh, uh, one, almost one year. It was 11 months and some days. And I was in Baytown, Texas. Anybody know where Baytown is? You over by Houston, you know it's not far from there. Baytown, Texas. And Baytown, Texas, anybody where no, Mickey Gillies Club is? Oh, my God, pray for her, Lord. Help her, Jesus. Pray for her, Lord. We lived not far from Mickey Gillies Club. And uh, we was always in and out of there, you know. But I was sitting in this apartment on escape, selling drugs, that's how I was doing it. And I was sitting in this apartment one night. This is getting to where I met Jesus. Had a praying mama, praying Aunt Rosie. Remember, she took me to Gentian Baptist. I had a brother that was a preacher. My daddy uh, that was praying for me and a preacher. And, of course, I hadn't seen them. I couldn't go around them because they'd get arrested, you know, for aiding and abetting the criminal. So I'm sitting in an in apartment in Baytown, Texas, not far from Mickey Gillies Club. And I had a fifth of whiskey in one hand and drugs in the other hand. And I was sitting in one of those uh, fold-out seats. Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast with Reverend Randall Greer. Join us next time when Reverend Greer brings us the Word of God. And remember, God is with us.